This is the Pastor J Podcast. We come to you every Thursday morning at 1030 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we are going to continue on our series on the heart of God. I believe that it's pivotal in understanding um, how to even interpret the Bible and understand who God is. And uh, God has had me on this journey over the last few months, and it has totally changed uh, my outlook and understanding of who God is, uh, who Jesus is, and who I am as a, as a born again Christian. And I know some of the things that I say, it can, um, uh, maybe you haven't heard before, uh, but I just ask you to hear the whole matter and, uh, hear what I'm saying. I, I believe that God has had me on this uh, trajectory of truth, uh, for a long time, it started out with my wanting to understand the truth of God's love. What is how, how uh, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter three, uh, verse 17 through 20, uh, that we are to get rooted and grounded in God's love. And if you get rooted and grounded in God's love, you will understand the height, the depth, the width and the breadth. All the dimensions of God are understood through his love. And he said, when you understand his love, you get to Ephesians 3.20. It says that you can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask, think or imagine according to the power that's working in you. What is this power that is working in me? It's this power of love that Paul said that we are to get rooted and grounded in. And as I began to, to get rooted and grounded in his love, it took me uh, to really understanding God's grace. And I, I know a lot of my brothers out there, me too, are still uh, teaching and trying to understand uh, the grace of God. Uh, but as we continue on, uh, grace is, I don't believe grace is it, is the end message, uh, that there are other things that God wants to show you about his love. And I continue to seek those. So let's have a word of prayer and we'll get right into it. Father, I just thank you and praise you for all those that have come uh, to hear your word today. Father, all of you and none of me. Father, let the, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. We're talking about the heart of God and, and understanding who God is and the person uh, that gave us a living example of the heart of God was Jesus Christ. And in John chapter one, uh, we often start here as the foundation and, and move forward from here. We know that in the beginning was the word and the word was God. The word was with God. He was in the beginning. All things were made by him and without him, nothing was made. It's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who is God? He is the invisible became visible. And we can't lose sight of that. When we're reading the Bible and we're reading about uh, Jesus and what he's doing, that is God. And the Bible says that he came full of grace and truth. It says in John 1, 17, that Moses gave us the law, but Jesus gave us, he was, gave us grace and truth. And we have to understand that whenever we are talking about what Jesus did, we're also talking about God because he was God incarnate. He was God in human flesh on the earth. 
Okay. And so what he was showing us in everything he said and everything he did, he was showing us the heart of God. And that's why that's what got him in trouble with a lot of the people that day was because he didn't go along with the Old Testament scriptures uh, that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the people of that day that they had swore by that what Moses said was from God. Remember, Jesus is God. And they were saying that if Moses wrote this in Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus, and well, with the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, what we call the Torah, that, that he got all of that from God. And Jesus comes along and he said, no, no, not that, that all of that was not from God. A lot of that was because Moses didn't know how to deal with you all because of the hardness of your heart. And Moses began to try to, to do things to control you all. But I'm here to show you the true heart of God. But here, here's a problem that a lot of Christians have today. Yeah, but we, we, we have the book. We have the chapters and we have the verse. And they were constantly putting this up in the face of Jesus and saying, we have book, chapter and verse. We have book, chapter and verse. And we believe the book, chapter and verse. And Jesus said, that's the written word, but I am the living word. And the living word always takes precedent over the written word. But they said, no, we've always went by the written word. And the written word says that you're supposed to stone someone to death that's called an adultery. The written word says that you can't heal anybody on the Sabbath day. The written word says that if your children disobey you, you're supposed to stone them to death. The written word says that uh, you're supposed to kill the uh, stone the homosexuals. We have the written word. And he says, if the written word does not line up with the heart of God, we will ignore the written word because the written word is not lining up with the living word and the living word takes precedent over the written word every time, every time. And that was the rub that they had with Jesus to the point that Jesus, they, they called him a blasphemer. They call him a false prophet. Why? Because you went against our written word. And man, the people are still around today and they they like the book, chapter, verse, book, chapter, verse. Well, if the book and the chapter and the verse did not reflect the heart of God in the Old Testament, it's the same thing for the New Testament. The book, the chapter and the verse has to line up with the word of God. And, and if you read the Bible, you, you know that man is constantly on a trajectory of understanding the truth of the heart of God. We, we, we know that, that in the Old Testament, uh, they would come along and said, no, God wants us to build a, a, a tent. No, no, God wants us to build a, a temple. And, and then they, they, they come along in the New Testament and, and, and Paul comes along and, and he says, as he, as he go on this understanding the truth of God, and he says, uh, well, circumcising, circ circumcising people is not that big a deal because God will circumcise our heart. And he went on to say, well, 
well, well maybe uh, we don't need eating 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 pork is is maybe not a bigger deal as what we make it. We said we're not supposed to eat the swine, not supposed to eat catfish, and you're not supposed to eat lobster, and and you're not supposed to got all these foods that you're not supposed to eat. And 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 then Paul comes along and and he says maybe the important thing is love. Maybe the important thing that really what the the, the most important thing uh, that God has given us is not food, but love. Maybe that's what we should be. And they were constantly moving on. And so uh, we think that uh, because our Bible ends in Revelation, we think that the knowledge of God ends there. And says when it says amen in Revelation, that's it. We but but before. Before we had a Bible, God spoke to man by the Holy Spirit would come up on man. The first thing he gave all humans was a conscience. We've talked about this before, that God, the way that God first speaks to every human on the planet is through our conscience. That 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 is the the fact that we know right from wrong we're born with that our conscience tells us we read about this in Romans chapter 2 verse 14 and 15 that our conscience uh approves or disapproves of what we've done. We all know about our conscience we're doing something and we felt guilty about it. Well, who to, where did that where did that conscience come from? It came from God because the 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 people that we talk about in early on in the Bible they didn't have any scripture. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob didn't have a, they didn't have, we're, we're living by the, the written word. They didn't have any written word. In fact, if you go over to Hebrews chapter 11, where it talks about faith, and a lot of us, we call that the chapter that talks about the heroes of faith. Practically every one of those people that they name didn't have the written word. Well, how were they able to do so many great exploits of faith? It's because God spoke to them directly. God spoke to them through their conscience. They didn't have a book chapter and verse, but because we've had this book for over 1500 years, we've gotten so addicted to this book that if this, we well, we selectively use the book, to be honest with you, that we selectively use the book and when we want to prove our point, we can't talk about, well, the Holy Spirit spoke to me or, or, or that God has spoken, spoken to me through my conscience or that I, this does not reflect Jesus Christ, the living word. No, it's book, chapter, verse, book, chapter, verse. And I tell you, it has its place. I am not discounting the Bible. The Bible has its place, but it has to be in the proper place in our lives, because even though this book is inspired by God, it was written by man. Even though that that all scriptures, uh, it's Second Timothy, all scripture has been inspired by God, but it was written by man. It was translated by man. It's been interpreted by man. It's been taught by man. And therein lies the problem for misunderstanding by man. So how do I understand this? I have the perfect I have the perfect example. I have Jesus Christ that walked the earth and he says, I am the living word. And if you want to know the heart of God, learn me. Not learn the Bible. In in fact, Paul over in Ephesians and Colossians
When he found out that people uh, had committed their lives to Jesus Christ, he said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. To who? To Jesus Christ. That you have the wisdom of Jesus Christ. He didn't say that you understand the Bible. He said, I need you to understand Jesus Christ. And Paul was so committed to Jesus Christ that he says, all I want to do the rest of my life is to know him. He didn't say, I, need, I want to know the Bible so I can debate. Man, it's, man. when I put, I share things on Facebook and boy, the preachers come out of the woodwork. They come out, they come out. We got book, we got that that doesn't line up with scripture. That that, that doesn't line up with scripture. And they don't understand. <laughs> it, it's not about the scripture, it, it's about the heart of God. I, I'm not just sharing scripture, I'm sharing the heart of God. But they're so addicted to book, chapter, and verse and, and, and understanding uh, systematic theology and how to do the exegesis and, and understanding the Hebrew. And, and I understand all of that. When all the Bible is saying is treat people the way you want to be treated. All the Bible is saying, love one another the way Christ loves us. All the Bible is saying, love your wife the way Christ loved the church. All it's saying is now by faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. All the Bible is saying, you know that you pass from death to life by the way that you love one another. All it's saying is talking about is love. And Jesus came to earth to show us and to teach us and to demonstrate to us the love of God. And so when they brought to him the Old Testament scriptures and he said, no, that's not love. We're not, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to kill. I'm not going to stone this woman. That does not represent the heart of God. That's not, doesn't represent the love of God. I don't care that it's the Sabbath day. This person is sick and they need to be healed. The love of God compels me to love them. Well, the Bible says it's the Sabbath day and six days shall thy labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is for the Lord. In it thou shalt not do any work at all. Jesus, you're violating the scriptures. I am the living word. Glory to God. I'm the living word. And I love this person. And I don't care what day of the week it is. I'm going to heal him. And that's what he's talking about. And that's what we need to get a hold of us as we go through and understanding to get the heart of God. One of the biggest problems that we have is that we have religion. And what religion does is that it takes you away from the heart of God and the love of God, and it forces you to choose sides. And when you're forced to choose sides, it's them or us. And even understanding how you even become a, a part of a religion. When I was a child born in Fort Wayne, Indiana, shout out to my hometown. When I came into my mother's home, she had decided before I was born that her child was going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, a Christian. The only book we had in our house was a Bible. That's it. She she set us down. She My sisters and brothers, if they're watching, they remember how we used to have to sit around the kitchen table and my mother would say, we're going to have the devotion and we would have to read the Bible. In fact, I, I 
probably time by the time I was 12 years old, I could quote all 66 books in the Bible. You know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judge, all Christian. When I walked through my neighborhood in Fort Wayne, we didn't have Hindu temples. We didn't have Buddhist temples. We didn't have a Jewish mosque. We didn't have any. All we had were Christian churches throughout the community. My, all of my friends and their family, they went to the Christian church. What's my point? That was all that was offered to me was the Christian church. I had no choice that if I wanted to have a relationship with God, your only choice is through the Christian church. What am I saying? Well, it is the same thing in Indonesia for the Muslims. Their parents decided when they were born that they were going to be Muslims. They were going to be Muslims. Pastor, where are you going with all of that? God loves them too. God loves them just as much as he loves Christians. God understands that this child was born in Indonesia where 86% of the people are Muslim and that's all they heard was to follow Muhammad. That's all they were taught was to follow Muhammad. That's all they saw in the neighborhood were, 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 the, were the Muslim, uh, what are they called, mosque. That's all they ever saw. And so when it came time to follow God, all they had was Muslim. And it's the same thing for the Buddhists. It's the same thing for Jews. It's the same thing for all. But religion teaches you that they're the enemy. They're the enemy. We're better than they are. God, God, there is no way uh, that God is with us and God is against them. But just open up your eyes and look. You'll find that Buddhists, the Hindus, the Muslims, uh, the Jews, uh, they're blessed, highly favored, deeply loved, covered by God's grace, just like all of us. I'll say that again. The Muslims, the Hindus, any, anybody on this planet that God covers them with his love, with his grace, with his mercy, with his forgiveness. And that's for all of us. But in Christianity and like all religions, we get these closed minds. And Jesus came to expand our minds to realize that he's here for the whole world. But religion keeps you closed-minded. It keeps you narrow with a narrow view of just Christianity. It's just us. We're, we're going to heaven and they're going to hell. All of them are going to hell. Do you know all religions teach that they have, all religions have a Bible? All religions say that their Bible is perfect. All religions say that we're right and they're wrong. But that's not the heart of God. Jesus came to show all the world. And he did not, believe me, Jesus does not separate us by religion. He separates us by who loves and who doesn't love, who treats people the way they want to be treated and who don't treat people the way they want to be treated. That's what he that's how he separates us. <laughs> and that's why you can find the love of God being poured out in all religions. Oh, that's blasphemy. Why? We, wait, wait, we got the we got the written word. Well, they, their written word says Christianity is a joke. 
And don't let me get started on how it's been looking the last 20 years to the world, especially here in the United States of America. It has looked like a joke with all of the scandals that we've had within our church and all of the stuff that's going on. You know, you know, it used to be a status system, a status symbol to be a Christian. Now it's almost an embarrassment to say you are a Christian. And I believe that out of all of this, God is going to raise up the church that Jesus Christ came to establish. How many of you know when Jesus Christ came to the earth, he did not come here to make his name great. He came to make his message great. And we have gone out and tried to make the name Christianity to mean something. No, it is his message that means something. It is his message that he gave us that we are to live our lives for the betterment of other people. It is the message that he gave us in Matthew 25 that says, when you do it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. It is the message that Jesus said, when I look at you, I look at me. And when I, when I, when I want you to look at people, I want you to see yourself. I wanted you, instead of seeing their flaws, I want you to understand that you're flawed just like them. I want you to understand that sin is not a crime that needs to be punished and burn in hell forever. That sin is a sickness that needs to be loved. It needs to be forgiven and it needs to be healed and the people need to be restored. I believe that message Jesus says, I'm going to get my message. You know, people say, well, the message got to get uh, into all the world. Then Jesus is coming back. What message are you talking about? Are you message that, that you need to be a Christian? That's not the message of Jesus Christ. The message of Jesus Christ is that we love you. That let me give you, let me give you a demonstration of God's grace and God's mercy and God's forgiveness and God's compassion and, and God's equality and God's justice. Let me let, let me give you an example of God's empathy. I understand what it's like to, I understand, Julia Stevens understand what it's like to be sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. I understand that. I don't look at you like, um, I'll never look at you. I don't care who you are, what religion you are, what religion you're not. I will never look up here, but religion, religion can make you arrogant. Oh man, religion can make you arrogant. I'm right and you're wrong. Let me prove to you. <laughs> Let me prove to you how wrong you are. Yeah. Except for in the corner, in the booth, in the back, in the dark, uh, when you're doing your sins. That's what Jesus was saying. Jesus said, look, before you, before you try to take my pastor, used to shout out to Pastor Al Jennings. I don't know if he wants me to let him know, let people know he was once my pastor, still, still a friend of mine. But, but the point is, my pastor used to say, you know, before you take, you know, the Bible talks about taking the plank out your eye to take the speck out your brother. I, I think he used to talk about a translation that say, take the telephone pole. In other words, deal with the big sin in your life. And you'll know how to deal with the little sins that are in other people's life. But like I tell you, religion can make you so arrogant and so make you full of pride and you walk around. Uh, uh, really, you like the turkey. You all know what the turkey I ever tell you about the turkey? I learned this when I was in elementary school. Uh, you're just a big turkey with a Bible and don't realize 
uh, kind of like the, the, the song went gobble gobble said the turkey i'm the fairest of the fair gobble gobble said the turkey i'm wanted everywhere just this morning the farmer came to say i'm invited to his dinner on thanksgiving day that's what pride will do you walking around in pride don't realize fool you will be the dinner this third this thanksgiving day Man, if we could just get people to see the heart of God. And so when I go into the Bible, I am not looking to read and, and understand and get a read. I'm looking to find out, is this scripture the heart of God? And Jesus said, no. The scripture about killing people caught in adultery, not the heart of God. The scripture that says, I can't do anything on the Sabbath day, that's not the heart of God. The scripture uh, that says that you're going to, uh, that that I killed, that God, that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, that's not the heart of God. The scripture that says, uh, I drowned everybody in a flood, I drowned everybody in the world, everybody in the world. Think of that, babies, children. Men and women, God was so mad. Now, when you just talk about theology and understanding the Bible, either you believe that God is constantly changing his mind, or you believe that he's the God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. I believe Jesus came. I believe that God never changes how he loves people. I believe that Jesus came to show us the God of love of yesterday, the God of love today, and he will be the God of love tomorrow. And now it brings us to understand another part of the word. Do you, do you see, do you honestly in your heart of hearts? Because again, you can't go to the written word. <laughs> or maybe you can go to the written word and, 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 and begin to look at it from a different point of view. Do you, do you believe that the God of love is going to throw somebody in hell forever with not one chance of ever getting out? I mean, I can understand if God was going to throw you in hell, uh, you know, for a week <laughs> and say, now are you ready to repent? But no, God's going to throw you in hell for the rest of your uh, I don't know, life throughout all eternity. You're going to burn and you're going to be tormented forever. Is that the heart of God? Well, if Jesus said in the Old Testament that wasn't the heart of God, what makes you think that's the heart of God in the New Testament? And could you? Again, don't, don't kick up the scripture. Just go into your heart where God lives. You say God lives on the inside of you. You say greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that is in the world. If you say if the Romans 8, 11, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. If God handed you the match and he says, go light hell on fire. Now over there's your cousin. Over there might be your mother. Over there might be your brother. Over there might be your friend. It, 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 it's easy to burn people in hell when you're mad at them. But I'm not talking about people you're mad at. I'm talking about people that you say you love. Would you do that to them? I couldn't. Well, if the God in me won't let me do it, why do I think Jesus would do it? 
Why, why would I think Jesus? Again, I'm talking about having the heart of God and that the living word is much greater. And really what, 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 uh, uh, John was writing about in Revelation was the how the, he was being abused uh, by Rome at that time that had put him out on the Isle of, of Patmos. And he's talking about more uh, about how they were treating him. And he wanted Jesus like they've always wanted. The Jews always wanted Jesus to come back in a military with military might with an army to rescue them. That wasn't new. Did you, uh, where was this at? Over in Luke, I believe it is. I wrote this down. Uh, Luke 1, uh, 68 through 71. Uh, they thought that Jesus was going to come the first time uh, to rescue them from Rome. Let me see if I can find this scripture. Luke chapter 1, verse 60, uh, uh, 68 through 71. This was the expectations of the of the Jewish people the first time that Jesus was coming to the earth, that he was going to come and to subdue the Romans so they can have their own little kingdom in Israel where they would rule and they would reign here on the earth. And it says here, and actually it's a quote from Psalms 106, verse 10, but Luke chapter 1, 68 through 71, and it says, now, uh, okay, blessed is the Lord of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, talking about Jesus before the world began, that watch this now, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate. That's what they thought Jesus was coming though to the world to do was to save them from all who hate him. And so the second time that Jesus is supposed to come back, he's Paul, John is out on the Isle of Patmos and he's saying Jesus is going to come back and get all the people who hate us. And this time he's coming on a horse and he's coming with an army and he's going to burn everybody up in hell in your heart of hearts. Do you really believe uh, that the God of love is going to do that? He didn't do it the first time he came. What makes you think he's going to? They had it wrong the first time that he came. What makes you think they got it right the second time that he came? No, he's not. What that gives us the edge. That's another problem, Christians. Uh, my Christian theology, you know, we, we, we got the advantage over everybody else. Why? Because we're going to heaven and they're going to hell. Well, what happens if nobody goes to hell? Ah, silence. It's not about having the advantage over people. It's about, it's about giving the advantage to people. It's about living your life on behalf of other people. It's about living your life on loving people and giving to people and sacrificing for people. Parents do it every day. Parents do it all over the world. Friends do it all over the world. Husband and wives do it all over the world. It's not about uh, we got the advantage over you because you are. And why do you want to celebrate having the advantage over anybody? That's not the heart of God. That is not the heart of God. What are scripture for? Scripture is to take us on this trajectory of truth in God's word to get us to understand the true heart of the God 
that we say is our father. And Jesus was constantly showing you, this is the father. If you being evil, know how to give good, give good gifts to your children. How much more does your heavenly father know how to be a much better father than you? He's the father of everyone on the earth. He's not just the, well, he's the creator. No, he's the father of everyone on the earth. His grace, his love, his mercy, it falls on the, on the just and the unjust. That's the heart of God. Man, give me about five minutes. But but again, religion, religion puts you inside of this box of we're right, they're wrong. Uh, you know, uh, they're going to burn. We're going to go to heaven. And it's all about a competition. And whoever you make your competition, you make your adversary. Anytime you make a husband and wife, if you're all in competition with one another, one of the other person is the enemy. And you gotta the comp, you want to win the competition over them instead of cooperating with them, you're competing with them. God wants us to be people of cooperation, not people of competing, not trying to say we're better. And again, even within Christendom, if that is such a word, all we have are these competing factions. I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist, I'm a Lutheran, I'm a Catholic, uh, I'm Church of God in Christ, I'm an Adventist, I'm Word of Faith, I'm, and all is just competition. And why? Then, then people that we should be loving, people should we be caring about, people that should we be that we should be uplifting, they become the enemy. God says, "No, I want you to get back." to the heart of God. Can, can you stand just, uh, oh man, about five more minutes. I, I got about three hours of note, <laughs> but can, can you stand just a little more of understanding what it means to truly have the heart of God? I can't say this enough. The heart of God, which Jesus came to teach and demonstrate, that's how we interpret the Bible. We start with understanding the heart of Jesus Christ. Jesus told them when he came here, everything you read in the Old Testament should have been about me. But your eyes are covered. Your eyes are covered by anger and bitterness and unforgiveness. And, and that puts a veil over your eyes that you can't see God. And so instead of trying to get to know the living God, uh, you're responding to God by anger and bitterness. And that's all that's in that book, the Old Testament, your anger, your bitterness, your ungodliness, all of that. That's what's reflected. And Jesus said, come, let me show you. Come, can I take you? And they said, no, we, well, a lot of them, they said, no, we, we reject this idea that God is not like what our scripture says. And he says, I am God and I am not like that. And you either come up to where I am at or you stay down to where you're at, but I'm going to find a people that wants to come up to where I'm at. And then you can't find, and, and it won't be a, a by scripture. It's going to be by the God that lives on the inside of you. And that's a lot of stuff you just know. You, the thing about um, systematic theology is that it, it has a lot of loose ends that they can't tie together. And, and, and so when they can't tie together, they, they, they twist and turn and, and they try to. You know, I was thinking this morning, uh, 
we read in the story of Acts about Ananias and Sapphira and, and the way Luke wrote it, he lied, to, they lied to the Holy Spirit and they died. And I got to thinking, lying? That's why they died, because they lied. And I thought about all the times I lied. Man, I should have been dead. I'm 65. Whoo, I should have been dead a long time ago if you died for lying. And Peter, he, he lied three times. Jesus told him, you're going to lie three times before the cock crows. Peter didn't die. Peter, the Holy Spirit didn't, didn't, he lied to Jesus. He said, no, I won't. No, I won't. Jesus, I'll never deny you. And Jesus said, you're lying. But he, he, he didn't die. He, he didn't die. <laughs> the next time Jesus saw Peter, you know what he said? Talking about the heart of God. Oh, this is so good. He said, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. All I want to know, Peter, is do you love me? I, I know you lied. But we get over here. What, what the scripture says that they lied to the Holy. Well, could, 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 could. Just could. Brother Luke, when he wrote that, could he had that wrong? Like the brothers in the Old Testament had it wrong when they said kill people that are caught in adultery. But was that really God killing people? Something to think about. Something to look at. Because when Jesus showed up, Jesus refused to kill anybody. Jesus even refused to kill the people that were killing him. All he said was, he said, if I wanted to, I could call on, what, the 12 legions of angels to get out of this. I can get out of this mess. But all he said, I'm not going to kill the people that are killing me. I'll just look at them and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's the heart of God. That is the way that we understand the Bible. That is the understand that we understand who God is, the Holy Spirit. And when God is speaking, it's always with the heart of God. And that heart is on the inside of you, far beyond the pages of the Bible. Again, I'm not discounting the Bible. I think the Bible is a great book when it's used for the right reasons. And for a lot of people, it's just a weapon to get on Facebook to use to show that you right and they wrong. Uh, you just weaponize it. You just load your gun up. You load your gun up with scripture. And we say, let me see who I can shoot down with the scriptures instead of loving on them, instead of treating them the way you want to be treated in the same situation, instead of being kind, considerate, thoughtful. I just want to show you I'm right. No, that's not the heart of God. Look, I'm out of time. I hope this is a blessing to you. We come here every Thursday morning at 1030. And, and like I said, God, I, I, I'm kind of glad I'm not pastoring right now because a lot of things that, that I'm teaching you, I've never taught in a church and probably will not get invited to a church. Uh, thank God I can get on here and preach anytime I want to. Uh, but uh, yeah, God has taken me places that I've that under that I just wanting to understand love, he's taking me beyond it and, and allowing me to look at things that I always wondered about. 
But in the traditional things that I taught as a pastor, man, that's not the traditional things. That's not the company line. That we're not supposed to be saying that. We're not supposed to be questioning anything uh, uh, about the Bible. And I wouldn't even do that to a church. I, I have so much respect for pastors and what they preach and teach. I would dare come in and, and talk about the things that I'm talking about. That's for the pastor to do to his congregation. But man, since I got the internet, shoot, I can get on here and say what I want to say. And I'm so glad that I, God has me the freedom uh, to do this. So I hope this has been a blessing to you. I'm Pastor Julia Stevens. Uh, this is the Pastor J Podcast. If you like what you've heard today, uh, if you're on Facebook, like and share. If you like to leave a comment, I have a new uh, public service announcement to make. If you say anything uh, that disagrees with me, especially on Facebook, write it on your post. Don't write it on mine because I'll delete you. I, I, I don't need trolls. Uh, always trying to uh, to straighten me out. Uh, go home and straighten out your own sin, and then you'll be able to see clearly how to deal with me. Okay. But uh, if you like it, hit like, share. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Tell people if it's been a blessing to you. Uh, tell them about the Pastor Jay podcast. Let me let me pray with you before we go. Father, I just thank you and praise you for all of those that have come from near and far to witness uh, the word of God today. Father, let this word find lodging in their hearts. Give them a hunger uh, for the true nature, the true character uh, of God, uh, the Imago Dei, the, uh, the expression of God. Father, let them see it, Father. Let them see it from their spirit. Let them understand it and let them demonstrate it to others. In Jesus' name we pray, out of time. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm out of time. Love you all so much. Uh, come back and be with me next Thursday morning. Uh, this is this is on YouTube. If you like to see it again and again, it might stay on Facebook, I think. But uh, it's on YouTube at the Pastor J Podcast. Please go over there and uh, subscribe. It would be a blessing to me. Love you. See you next week.